Good afternoon, good evening, good morning to anyone and everyone who is listening right now to the a Yankee and King Regal's Court. This is the podcast that is and always will be Brit Rez centric, no matter how the future holds. Today, unlike last week, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Tack Brown. Tack, coming from all the way in the cellar of an unnamed pub in Coventry. How you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, very close to falling asleep, but yeah, doing good. <laughs> it's been uh, so. Why is it that the pub, like Christmas time, is kind of like the the busy season for the pubs in England? It's um, it's mostly like because like obviously I'm I'm a chef, so it's the kitchen side. It's like staff parties uh, are like a big tradition thing here. So like all the businesses bring all of their stuff out for a, a good old knees up and a. A, a full-on Christmas dinner, and yeah, we just happen to have a really good reputation for that kind of thing. So we're we're feeding like basically our pubs full from open to close every day. Oh wow! At the minute, so yeah, it's it's really good for business, but it's not good for my health. I don't think <laughs> I've got to the point where it's like I mean, it's, like I said to you a little while ago. It's my shortest shift this week was like fourteen and a half hours. Oh. Um, I, there was, well, I think Tuesday this week, I, I literally was in from like six in the morning until two the next morning. So oh, like, really? Wow. Yeah, I was straight through. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's one of the things I've been doing 18 years now, so it's part of the job. So I can't complain about it because it's, I know, I, it's not like I hit December and go, oh, wow, what's happened? Everything's like got busy. I know it's coming. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's part of the job. <laughs> I do love it, but it does kick the shit out of me sometimes <laughs> uh, i can't imagine i can't imagine so tonight i'm gonna to be making my first uh steak and ale pie of the year oh like proper yeah, yeah pro- oh yeah I, I did you see the uh like the live videos i would do last year when i would make them so yeah i tried to make That's... them like a proper steak and ale pie yeah well i've got one on my menu at the minute we do a guinness and uh steak and guinness oh I slow do. cooked it's like 12 hours slow cooked it's pretty amazing oh. Oh, that sounds, that sounds good. Actually, I might have to take that because typically I cook it in about two, three hours. It takes me about to cook it properly, but uh, slow cook it. Actually, I might look into that. Maybe get it for tomorrow. So if you, yeah, if you're telling if you're telling a Brit, that's like that's that's rushing like a pie. A pie should take six hours minimum, really. Cool. Like if you're gonna cool. do it properly, like it should the filling should get at least a good six hours cooking. You want it? You 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 don't have to make any effort to eat it. It should just melt in your mouth. That's how you want it to be. All right, I'll I might play with that. Maybe not tonight, but maybe like a couple weeks down the road when we get around Christmas area, I'll actually like do a proper like six. I'll throw you my steak and ale recipe over. Your steak and Guinness. I think you'll enjoy that. My steak yeah. and Guinness is uh, no legendary around these parts. I will. Oh, I just and I just bought an eight pack of Guinness. But here's one thing that I'm going to recommend if you can get it. I don't know how like how easy it would be, but if you got like a really good um, liquor store around there, see if you can find the Lagunitas uh, Brewing Company's Brown Sugar, which is a very it's like a dark ale, like a brown ale, right? Like a Newcastle. But yeah, yeah. they they add a lot of brown sugar into it, and the way it really uh, accentuates and coats the meat is oh and that's that's my i have a six pack i put in there with a note that says do not drink so i have six oh, like, like beers yeah is solely for cooking 
So I'm real excited. Well, that's the beauty of the, the beauty of the six pack is like you you use like two to cook and then four to drink while it's cooking. That is true. That is true. We sell beer in a six pack, I think. <laughs> but regardless, I know we're on a time crunch, so we're gonna move on from uh, culinary habits into the week of uh, in in Burt Res. The kind of uh, we t- I talked about this last week, and something we're gonna hit on a little bit is still the NXT UK contracts. They're still you know a week a week on, and there's still a lot of discussion uh, being had. A lot of um, Guys are putting forth their, uh, maybe in some cases, using this as a way to kind of get their name out there. And uh, yes. uh, so, you know, last week, if you listened last week, you you would already have heard my thoughts. So, Tack, what are your thoughts on this? Um, personally, I mean, uh, there's been a, a lot of talk about it this, this last week or so. Um, and I think people kind of fall on both sides of the fence. Personally... I think it's a good thing for the guys with the contracts, and I, I think a lot of people disagree with me, but I think it's good for Brit Rush generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the problems Brit Rush had, maybe not so recently as like the last five years or so, but in the past, is that there's there was nowhere really to go. You kind of hit the top of the British indie scene, and that maybe the odd person would be picked up and end up in America somewhere. But yeah, generally you kind of stagnate once you hit the top of the card. That's why a lot of our top guys a few years ago were working full-time jobs whilst wrestling at the weekends because there wasn't really anywhere to go. Um, I think NXT UK is, it, it's almost like a, an extra rung on the ladder. For, is something for British guys to aim for. And I think that taking some of our big guys like Pete Dunne and people like that out, basically out of the, the smaller shows leaves room for a lot more guys to step up. I think it, it, I think it creates a natural, um, a natural progression for British wrestlers. Right. Um, and it was almost like, like when people were complaining about it, it's almost like, like there's there's a lot of people signed to NXT UK right now, but it's by no means the whole of the the British wrestling scene. There's so many guys. So I mean, one that a lot of people brought up was Chris Brooks, um, who and he's a fantastic wrestler. Haskins is the same, who can easily carry the British wrestling scene on their shoulders or the British independent scene on their mm-hmm. shoulders, um, and already do. Uh, and people seem to be overlooking those guys and worrying about what is basically worrying about British strong style and a couple of others disappearing from the scene and it's all going to collapse. But I actually think it's setting up our scene for years to come. I think it's probably the, one of the better things that's happened to British wrestling in a long time, having those guys forced to move on and it's, it's opening up. There's vacuums to be filled. Someone's always going to be there to fill it. And then right. those guys step up and it, it, it's self-perpetuating. And I think I, I and I completely agree with that. And like I said last week, where you know there are cultures that view, and I'm going to get a little esoteric here, but like fire as not a destructive element, but one of regrowth, and you know, like just one of those natural things where sometimes the fire's got to come through. And wipe out a lot of the trash, not trash, but in this case, but you know, like a lot of like the under foliage and stuff like that to make room for new things to grow. 
And I think yeah. that that's kind of what's happening is now that we're seeing, and we see this in WWE, uh, you know, with the main roster where you get to the main roster and then you have nowhere to go. And then the main event scene gets stagnant. And then you have guys like Rusev or, you know, Big E or all these other guys that have been there for about six, seven years now and haven't really gotten a main event run. But, yeah. you know, because there's no places for guys like John Cena and Randy Orton and all those guys to go. Yeah. Like, you know, back in the territory days, they just went to a different territory. And then you allowed the natural progression, you know. And I think that's what's happening yeah. here where, yeah, like British Strong Style can't probably isn't going to be able to go to, uh, you know, like Lucha forever or whatever. You know, but yeah. now that's going to allow, like you said, the unsigned guys that, you know, maybe, you know, to get into a little bit of what we'll be talking about with progress, your do not resuscitate members, your Pastor William Evers, Chuck Mambos, Spike Trevay, yeah. Drew Parkers, where now these guys, I believe, are ready to main event. And now there's going to be room for them to main event. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 not it's not as if there's nobody waiting to step up or trying to step up. So it's almost almost forcibly removing the top guys on the indie scene, and they're taking that that extra step that wasn't there before. That's that's what I think is the best part of it is that that option even a year ago or two years ago there wasn't an option to step up to an in-between before you went on to NXT and then to WWE. Mm-hmm. If NXT didn't pick you up, there was there was a certain level of, of stagnation at the top of the indie scene, um, which now there isn't. There's something much more attainable to move on to, which I also think is going to bring in a lot more younger guys. I think we're going to see a big influx of really young guys starting like more than we already do. We have a big young indie scene anyway, but yeah. I think that's going to grow because WWE seems impossible. Like to a, to a fledgling wrestler who's just stepping into the ring for the first time. But NXT UK is a, a realistic aim if, if you're willing to put the work in, I think. Yeah. No, definitely. Did we lose you? No, no. I oh, okay. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it did get a bit weird there, but yeah. Didn't really know. Much. Didn't know if you fell asleep, but mid sentence. It's a possibility. <laughs> but, but you know, like this is something that I wish would affect even like, and I know this won't because Progress has a good uh, working relationship with WWE, but I think their main event scene's getting a little stagnant. You know, it is yeah. a lot of WWE UK heavy guy like heavy right now and uh, that's why the dnr re- like the do not resuscitate angle is like to me like yeah like i want that i don't want mark I Haskins. very clever timing wise from from progress actually right because a, a lot of the heat was immediately even though obviously there's other companies here who, who've got a relationship with wwe as well progress seemed to have seemed to be becoming the figurehead for that because Jim's working for WWE and I think all three of the guys now are working in some capacity for WWE as well as progress. Uh, I think a lot of the focus was immediately fired towards progress. Mm -hmm. So I think pulling the trigger on, on 
uh, DNR when they have, I think is really clever timing from them. Yeah. Because nobody can say they're not pushing new guys when there's a, a new group of four who are doing basically, I mean, they're ba- it's basically the, the British strong style blueprint again, but yeah, a much younger set of guys, a much newer set of guys this time around. But, like the British strong side were pretty well established by the time that that sort of move, like the guys were pretty well established by the time that movement happened. But, but yeah, I think it's very clever timing from them. I think it's pretty smart. But I think the Aussie Open thing plays into that as well. And I think seeing Ridgeway there more plays into that because yeah. he's someone that's been about a long time. Um, not like sort of moving up a little bit. I, I think it's it's clever timing from them. But but progress have always been very good at that, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that when they did pull that trigger, and I was like, "Yes, like, like I said, like th- I've been, I mean, you know, I've been yelling into the void about Pastor William Ever for about two years now, two three years now, you know." Well, I and really needed to go like full on, like I, I want him to go full Charlie Manson style. Hill, like eventually, I want it to be a slow, a slow growth into an absolute monster of a human being. I honestly think it's heading that way, and I think it has to be. Yeah. The way is that if you watch the the promo videos. I, I know we're jumping ahead to the progress car, but these promo videos that they've been posting, especially the evil ones, they started off very, um, very positive, very, um, a very good, clear, happy, uh, an easy message to get behind, and he's, each one has very slowly started to deteriorate into. There's a little bit of aggression in there, a little bit of anger, and then he started dropping just the the odd swear word in there and making it a little bit more fiery. Right. And that last one that he posted, it almost it, it was almost chilling. That, that I'm pretty sure I I wanted to go check and I haven't had time. I'm pretty sure he used two Jim Jones lines in that promo. Oh, from there's oh. a famous there's a famous video of Jim Jones when uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty dark, but it's when he's doing the final speech to everyone before the whole uh yeah, yeah, yeah. or kool-aid or flavor aid yeah. i think it was thing happened and i'm i'm almost positive two of the lines he used in that promo were direct jim jones quotes and so, i think it was a hint that's the way he's going and i really hope it is i oh my god that's so awesome so he's based in this is oh that's awesome i i haven't seen i saw the one that was on the progress twitter and I really enjoyed that because, like you said, like there's, there, there's now an edge to it, and it's, yeah. and it's very subtle. And what I want him to become, and I think where he's going, is what if, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt didn't see Matt Hardy, in the Hardy universe. Yeah. Like, what if he dialed back the Undertaker side and went more towards the Jim Jones side? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's where Eva's going with it, and I, I am excited. And that's why DNR is, like, right now, like, that's... They they leapfrogged um, Dennis, Eddie Dennis as my favorite storyline right now. In, in yeah, one, in I'll, one I'll, episode. I'll, yeah, I like, really, like, it really dragged me in quick as well, yeah. I mean, at first I felt a little bit, um, Mambo felt a bit out of place to me at first. Yeah. But that last promo that he did, um, where he's the only one who expressed any regret 
or, or he didn't he said he didn't regret it but you could feel a little bit of he's not sure about it everybody yeah. else is fully committed to being the bad guy basically so let's uh, just, then, let's let's just get into it so uh this is recorded on saturday december 8th right now uh given the time uh the events already uh, happened but we don't know any of the results Given that I yes, was at nothing yet, yeah, I was at a teacher conference all day, and you were working all day. So let's just get yeah. into it, and we'll just dive right on in with Mark Katzenson versus Eddie Dennis, uh, and uh, Eddie Dem- Dennis versus Do Not Resuscitate. This was uh, set up after DNR attacked Mark Haskins and Eddie Dennis in their match in Chapter Seventy Nine, uh, and I. I I hope DNR takes this. I hope. I mean, you got to build that momentum. Yeah, yeah. They they need. I think they they need to. Uh, it doesn't. I don't don't care if it's a dirty win or what. It, well, in fact, it needs to be a dirty win, really. But they definitely need to get that win on the card early. I don't, especially I don't... when you've got two main event players there that they're up against. So it, it establishes them as a, not just a, a mid card group but a, a group that's really going to cause some trouble over the coming months i wouldn't even want the i would i wouldn't even be happy if you know they took a loss if they took like a dq loss where they just were going out with like the like express action to kill yeah because you know, like, like i mean you got drew parker and you got spike trevay so you might as well just go all out and just start attacking like vicky haskins yeah, and just go all out and make her take a bump, you know, and like just say like, no, we're gonna we're gonna be dangerous. It's not just we're not here to get wins. We're here to make like put people on notice. Yeah, they they really need to they really need to go in hard because they they're they're a, a well liked group. Like everyone in other than Spike Trevay, who everyone loves to hate, um, but it's still fantastic. They're, they're a well-liked group of guys, so they're really going to have to dial up the heel stuff to 11 to for it to really have the impact it needs to. So they need to be doing some really, really, some really naughty stuff, basically. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, the, the only, I was struggling a bit with Mambo being in there, but I like that he seems conflicted. Yeah. I think if he was just fully committed to it, it would seem odd and it wouldn't quite work. But because he he's obviously conflicted about what he's doing, regardless of what he says, um, I think that's that's quite clever. He he's kind of the the one to be watching most almost because you don't really know if he's going to cause problems down the line for them not committing to things. And but I think I th- the weak link. But out of all of them, Chuck Bamba has the most reason to be in there. He he was the talk coming out of super strong styles he was the one everyone was like he made the leap in super strong style that match with zach saber like everyone was saying that's what put him on the map he then goes on to win the world cup and then he was in the pre-show battle royal and that was it i don't think anything other than that yeah he won he won the battle royal as well yeah yeah so we we i think we did say didn't we that he's he should be using that as a stepping stone to, I, so. to uh, I didn't see it being a heel turn, but I'm, I'm really happy that that's the way they've gone. Right. So I think a part of it is like, he got, like I said, like out of everyone, he has the most reason to be in that in DNR to say like, no, like I've done, I've, you know, to bring it back to like a WWE type situation where it's like, I grabbed every one of your brass, brass rings and I still can't get out of the low card or even pre-show. 
Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, brings... it's going to be great. It's really fun in, in the coming months to see what they do. Really, really looking forward to seeing oh, what yeah. they do going forward. So handcuffed to that is Drew Parker uh, being billed with Spike Trevay against Liguero. This uh, took place over Twitter. Drew Parker calling, you know, in his promo that they were sold their souls to be on WWE. Liguero uh, had something to say to that. And that brings us to this match. And I, again, I... I love Legero, but I want Drew Parker to murder him. Like, yeah. just go full out. Jimmy, like, chapters 9 to 20, Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, what I want him to. He, he really needs to, like, fuck him up big time. Really make a point. Use him as an exclamation point. And that's, that hurts me to say because I love Legero. Yeah. But I, I really think he needs to. It, it it needs to be almost almost painful to watch. And again, Treve is obviously going to get involved, right? Um, at some point, but I, yeah, I really I think that that need that has to be a win. There needs to be some domination from uh, DNR early on to really establish them. Yeah, and that brings us. Uh, yeah, I I agree. And everything I said about this match, I've said before in the DNR uh, situation. So the next uh, match we're going to talk about is CCK versus LAX. CCK, this version of it with, um, oh, why am I blanking on the name? It's going to be Chris Brooks and, man, I'm looking at him. I just can't think. Uh, Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, They tagged together on the American tour. They're going to be taking on LAX. You're making their chapter debut. Uh, And I think this will be a good match. Yeah, I don't know a ton about LAX. I've seen a couple of matches that I enjoyed of them, but I'm not uh, not hugely up on them. But what I've seen, I like. Um, and I think they could have a really fun match with CCK. Um, I think, this I might think be... that's a qualifier for a, for a tag sh- a title, a shot at the title tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, it's a number one contender match. Yeah. I so, think... yeah, that'd be... I mean, I'm, I'm happy seeing either of those go up against Aussie Open, so... yeah. Whichever way it goes, I don't have a ton invested in LAX, but I'm, I'd like, I'm going to see them. I think they're definitely there tomorrow, either way. Yeah, I'd like they to see are. Yeah. So I think that I think that like leans into them being uh, taking the win uh, and facing Aussie Open tomorrow. Uh, I think this could be low carb match of the night or low key match of the night. Like come in and kind of steal the show. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, Brooks, people, Brooks and CCK, whoever he's partnered with, have a tendency to do that. Yeah, and it, it's quite often it's it's Brooks's partner that seems to get the 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 big praise, but he's always there and he's always doing just as much. So right. he, he's kind of an under the radar kind of guy, but he's always involved in really good matches. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of always involved in really good matches, we have Paul Robinson versus Chris Ridgeway. And uh, I hope you like shoot style. Yeah, they're gonna absolutely kick the shit out of each other, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, this is gonna no be the way to look at it. This is gonna be, I think, like a old. If I mean, if they've heard my prayers in heaven, this will be an old school pancreas match. Yeah, I mean, after the way they've built it, they have to absolutely batter each other. And I did see. A, a, I think that could be the, the best match on that card. I, I think that could this be is an the one, absolute. This, 
If I had to put money on it, this is the match I'm putting money on for it being match of the night. And yeah. uh, I think, uh, and I saw a clip of it on the Twitter, and oh boy, oh boy, as a as a kickboxer, like I, I you know I train I train and teach a little bit of kickboxing here and there when I'm in the summer times, uh, when I'm not teaching, and oh this is this is my this is my jam. From just the little twenty seconds I saw, this is it. Yeah, I can't wait to see that one. I don't know if either of them two are going to be on the card tomorrow, but I can't see them being in walking shape by the end of that match. So I don't. Yeah, it's, it's I don't see that happening. Uh, another match we're having is Atlas Open. It's going to be an Atlas Championship Open Challenge Trend Seven. Uh, Trench Seven had a fun match last one, uh, last chapter against Aussie Open's uh, Arrow. Aussie, the Aussie uh, Kyle Arrow. Fletcher. Yeah, Kyle Fletcher. I thought that was a, I thought that was really cool when the music hit. I was like, all right, cool. We're gonna get you know him versus Dunkzilla, and then Kyle Fletcher came out. And you yes. want to talk about somebody that got on the gas? Yeah, he's been bulking up, hasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. Like I'm still not convinced he's over 205, but I think he's close. I think he might be 205 and a half. Yeah, I reckon he might have had a he's bag of sugar that. in his trousers just to build his weight up a bit. Oh. <laughs> he's on the. Uh, yeah, he's he, he. I I think he's got a little petrol in his in his situation. Uh, yes. One, yes. I think the big the big match, Tyler Bate versus Ilya Dragunov. This is going to be fire. Yeah, that could be a bit of a clinic, that, I think. Yeah, Ilya yeah. Uh, has really impressed me the last couple times. Like I said, I haven't seen too much of him. But uh, Tyler Bate, arguably one of the best in the world right now. And I think this could be, like, amazing. Yeah, like, I've, always, I've enjoyed everything I've seen of Ilya pre-progress. But there's something about him... He's got a little bit of extra. I mean, he's he's got a lot of fire anyway, but he's just got a little bit of extra fire to him when he's he's wrestling for progress. Um, yeah, and so so far everything he's done since he's been in, in wrestling in the company has been amazing, and I think putting him against Tyler Bate is a incredible choice. Who do you think gets the win tomorrow as well? So who do you think? Uh, gets I, think win? I think I think Ilya. I think oh, Ilya needs it. Really, I think so too. He needs it. Yeah, Bates Bates had his his shot at the title. Bates over, regardless of what happens to him now in progress. Um, Ilya needs he needs the rub, especially after the way the the uh, David Starr match finished as well. Yeah, I think he needs a little bit of a streak um, going forward to to really build up his his rep in progress. I agree. I think you know, like he had a great match with David Starr, but still, you can't have a non finish build any momentum so he's got to take the win i agree i think he'll win by you know moscow torpedo and then you know pete dunn and mark andrews is also on the card so sunday (laughs) we have chapter 81 i i am not talking about mark andrews anymore on this podcast i just do you know know what the first time i ever saw pete dunn and the first time i ever saw mark andrews they were literally children wrestling in a local park and that was the first time I ever saw both of them was them wrestling each other I bet you I've seen that match at least 35 times 40 times since then so if we so can, it'll cir- be good. If it'll we be can good. circle back oh I'm sure it will be good but it'll just be devoid of any soul 
So if we circle back to our discussion at the beginning of the episode, uh, where, you know, some some guys need to make room for others. Yeah, that that's Mark Andrews, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I, he needs. We need to get more people in him. I don't know. I I can't spend another thirty minutes explaining why he doesn't do it for me. So he's almost a generic creator wrestler, isn't he? So he, you can just create him into someone else. He really is. He and. It, we'll get into it. Talking about Sunday, he faces Mark Haskins. He ha- he's lost like three or four straight, and then like yeah. he's like, oh, I need to get a fire, and then they give him like Pete Dunn and Mark Haskins. Like you want to yeah. talk about somebody that hasn't that doesn't deserve that spot on the card? That's it. Give it to the DNR guys. So I don't. Yeah. I, 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 my hope my hope is Mark Andrews is the next victim of DNR. That's my hope. It's hard for me to not get excited for a, a Haskins or a Dunn match, but that's they found a way to do it there for me. Yeah, I just again, so, it's I've I've watched every chapter and like I love Dunn, I love Haskins, but putting them against Mark Haskins, like I yeah, and put but putting them against Andrews does nothing for me. I feel like there's no progression in that match from earlier chapters. I completely agree. It's the same. It's the same thing that they could have ran in chapter eleven. Yeah. Without you know, and it with the same stakes. There's no. Which is none really. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I don't. Regardless. So that's our thoughts on Andrews Haskins. Uh, LAX will be at chapter eighty one. We've already talked about how we think that's going to be. Uh, they'll probably be in the title match against Aussie Open. We'll have a. Six-man tag, it looks like, with British Strong Style. We don't know who they'll be facing. But if I had to take a guess, I'm going to say DNR. Yeah, I think... I, I kind of... I think maybe, but I also kind of hope they're going to hold that off for a little while. I'd like DNR to build towards a feud, with, like a full-on feud with British Strong Style. Yeah. I think it's a bit quick to pull the trigger on that because they are still like your, your three big guys in progress. So uh, as a British strong style. So I think right. as much as I'd love to see that tomorrow, I think jumping to that now would be a bit too soon. Very I good. think, I think that's something you could build to, but it depends on how long British strong style are going to be around. I, I don't think we're going to see much of them in progress going forward. Right. I, I think, think they, those three guys especially are going to be a big focus for WWE going forward. Right. I think I think British Strong Style in regards to DNR needs to be the final chapter in this do not resuscitate resuscitate story. Yeah. Because I think they they are the face of everything that do not resuscitate stands against. Or or yeah. is what they're upset with. Because, you know, they're yeah. the ones, like, hogging all the main events pretty much everywhere. They're the ones that were kind of the, the figureheads of WWE NXT UK. Yeah. And I think that if, you know, I was booking it, you know, we know that, you know, that that doesn't really mean anything. But I'm just saying if I have my druthers, you know, maybe DNR, this storyline ends with them beating British Strong Style and then you move. DNR into maybe being the old school regression, you know, where they're the top, yes. they're the top stable in the yeah, taking it back to indie almost. Right, exactly. 
So. Or taking indie wrestling back, whichever way you want to look at it. I, th- I think that would be, you know, if I had, again, if I had my druthers, that's how I would play that out. But we will see. We will see how that works. Uh, but we do have a women's match. We have Tony Storm versus Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace having debuted uh, in Chapter 79 in a fantastic match against Isla Dawn. And I just want to say right now that I think Isla Dawn has made the leap. Yeah. I, everything yeah, everything she's I've seen of her... she's found something very recently, hasn't she? But she's, she's hit on something really good. I mean, even in just her ring work. Her ring work are... are uh, leaps and bounds more than what it was when she first showed up at the throwback show in the 1978 show. And so uh, I, I think she's really finding herself as a character and also as a wrestler. But, you know, that said, Jordan Grace, oh boy, that, that uh, Mishinuku driver, thing of beauty. Yeah, uh, this like when when uh, I, when we found out Jordan Grace was uh, was going to be appearing for Progress, that that was the very first thing I thought was, I really hope we get a Tony Storm match out of her. So this to me falling on tomorrow uh, the show I'm going to be at has landed perfect. That's genuinely one of my probably one of my top three dream matches that I've wanted to see this year. Oh, it's. And it's and it's come around for me, so I'm I'm more excited for that match than anything else on that card. I can't think of anything they could even throw together, or anything that could happen that I could be more interested in than that match. I think that match is by far probably going to be match of the night. If I had to, you know, make my there's an argument for both of them as being the the two best women women's wrestlers around at the minute. Yeah, and maybe I mean other than maybe Becky Lynch and Charlotte, there's really not anyone close to them too. I don't think. Right. Um, at the minute, especially on the indie scene. Uh, so yeah, I think that's going to be an absolute. It's going to be different from anything we've seen in progress from the women's division before as well. Oh, it's going to be. Because I think that two stars are going to clash really, really well. Well, and I think Jordan Grace is the first female wrestler, women's wrestler in progress that is sort of like Haas in like the old yeah. school like use of the word Haas. And yeah, I she think, can do real, real strong man or strong woman spots. Right. You know, there's we a, haven't really seen that in progress or in British wrestling. Really, it's not a, really not something you see a lot of. Right. I mean, you, you know, you have the bigger girls like Viper and Sarah Loxton, who are still great, and I love both of them, but they don't, they don't bring the strength. That they don't wrestle that does. strongman style. No, no, they don't yeah. wrestle that strong, that strength, that strength based style. Yeah, there's a reason like why she, she's called, you know, Big Mama Pump. So yeah, she's unbelievable. I, I really can't wait. This is gonna be my first time seeing her wrestle live properly. Obviously, I saw her at Wembley quickly, but this will be my first time properly seeing her wrestle live. I really can't wait. And speaking of Haas matches, oh boy, we have uh, in the main event for the World Progress Championship, we have Walter versus Shigehiro Iri. Shigehiro comes from uh, Japan, best known for his work in DDT Pro Wrestling, as well as All Japan Pro Wrestling and Big Japan. You, you probably know a lot more about him than me. I have seen his, a bit of his work for DDT and, uh, and All Japan. 
uh, and I've seen a, a little bit of he came over last year and did some work for Rev Pro. Mm-hmm. So I have no, not Rev Pro, Fight Club Pro. So I have seen little bits of him. I know he's a, he's an ex MMA guy, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and what I've seen of him, I really like. I really like his style of wrestling. It's that that shoot style again, which you don't get a lot of big guys who do that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to to that because he's kind of an unknown quantity for me. Yeah, I definitely I haven't seen too much of him. Uh, he kind of just flittered a little bit in my blind spot when it comes to Japan. But what I do know is that this is going to be, if he brings, and I'm pretty sure he will, given who he's wrestling, Walter, if he brings all Japan style, like, in his big Japan experience, it's going to be, you know, like, a. I mean, it could be just another uh, shoot style, like, heavy, hard, stiff match, and I'm going to love every minute of it. I think all Japan, I don't know if it's still the case, but it was really hard to see all, all Japan at one point. You couldn't even view like their, like you could, you could buy DVDs, but they wouldn't work here if you didn't have the right DVD player and their, their right. downloadable stuff wouldn't run because it was region locked and it was really hard to see all Japan at one point. I don't know if it still is, but the, the stuff I have managed to see of all Japan is it's, it makes, it almost makes New Japan look like uh, like WWE style. Some of the stuff I saw on there was so hard hitting. It was almost like, is this? Are they actually just having a shoot fight? And yeah. A wrestling match. Some of the they they really hit hard. So I'm hoping that, that he does bring that over. I think, uh, and knowing Walter and his penchant for chops and kind of laying them in, pretty snug. I th- I think that's. I think that that's the match we're going to get. Yeah. Where it's just going to be. I like the curveball as well. Of of, it wasn't somebody that I, I guarantee not. There isn't anybody who called him being the guy that answers yeah. Walter. And I, I like the it, it builds Walter as as a good champion. It's a little bit heelish, as well. He's starting to show a little bit of heel. I think, and I think he's he's he might be due a turn soon because it's quite it's very cocky to say, well, I've beaten everything you've put in front of me. Um, and nobody can beat me, so I need to go find somebody outside the company. I think that's quite a cocky thing to do, and a quite heelish. Mm-hmm. But it does. But I like that it opens up the doors to bring somebody like Irie in, and it's a bit of. I'd like to see it do it a few more times and bring in a couple of couple more people we've not seen before, even if it's just for one shots. And I think, and it is to go back to. Again, back to the contract talks where everyone was saying like, oh, progress is just a, you know, UK evolve where, you know, they're only just a farm system now. Then bringing in Jordan Grace, then bringing in LAX, then bringing Shigehiro Iri, then bringing in uh, Jonathan Grisham, all within, you know, the debut of, you know, DNR in, you know, actual like sanctioned matches, Ilya Dragunov, Chris Ridgway. There's an argument to say that they're still they're still punk rock, man. You know, oh, they're yeah. still they're still indie heavy as even though, you know, people are trying to make the argument that they're like the big, you know, the biggest sellouts, whatever, but you know, I mean, look at that card on the card on today, other than, you know, the Pete Dunn Mark Andrews match, 
most of that card is non-contracted wrestlers. Yeah. You know, and I think and that's the, the, the thing. There has been a lot of talk about that, like the the, the progress aren't aren't the punk rock pro wrestling anymore. But there was a, th- a thing it made me think of is uh, Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. Years ago, he signed a contract to advertise better. And uh, on TV, like there was adverts with Johnny Rotten selling like this British butter company. I can't remember which one it was. And uh, somebody said to him in an interview, well, it's not very punk rock, is it? Like selling out to sell butter. And he said, well, don't tell me what fucking punk rock is. I invented it. Right. I think Progress have got that same kind of, don't tell us what punk rock pro wrestling is because there wasn't really punk rock pro wrestling until we did it. So you can't really tell them what it is because the style of show they do, nobody else was doing it when they did it. It was a brand new thing. So you can't really judge them on that, I don't think. Right. And the thing is, with it being a feeder system as well, if it does become, even if it does become a full on WWE feeder system, it means you get to see the best pro wrestlers in the world before they go to WWE. Right. So it, it, it's not hurting the company. It's still progress. have always had they've people forget that Finn Balor came through there and uh, Champa came through there. And yeah, so many people have worked from it. It's not like they're only Black just and... getting guys that are going up now. It's, it's always been the way progress has been. They've got an eye for talent. Mm-hmm. So why not utilize that? I don't, I don't understand the, the, the problem with it. Shit, Jamo- Samoa Joe, when he was still with TNA, came through to wrestle uh, Rampage. Yeah, you know, so like it's, it's always, kind of- they've always been a company with a real eye for talent. Mm-hmm. So why not utilize the fact that you've got an eye for talent and a talent built or in a in a, a a business model built around like getting these talent onto bigger platforms. Yeah, like I mean, Mark Andrews after you know Chapter Ten went to TNA, you know, and so yeah. it's 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 there like that's, and but that's also like part of when you make a name, you know, it's like PWG. People people can say PWG is like the feeder into WWE, but PWG is just probably the biggest, you know, like indie fed as far as like yeah. like uh, status. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Obviously, you know, they don't draw much just because, you know, Dragon doesn't, you know, like is real weird about that kind of stuff. But if you make a name there, then you made your name on the scene. Like that's when like that's where the scouts are looking. If you make a name in progress progress, same thing. If you're if you're out having five star matches in, you know, like you know, uh what's the covenancy, you know, some like in the in the camps. You know, we'll we'll put it yeah. that way. Nobody's looking at the camps. Yeah. You know, but if you make a name on for yourself in progress, that's where people are looking. And I'm not saying, yeah. and I'm not trying to disparage, you know, like people that are out working the camps. It's worked well for Legero, but you know, and everyone else, that's where you go and that's where you're honing your craft. But you know, if you're having, you know, like it's just you gotta, you know, it, you know, if you're shining in the u18 team you know but when you get to the u21s you can't do the same then you know you're not going to make the the first team yeah you know to bring to bring football into this so you know it's like you gotta you gotta make sure you can bring your game at every level and it's not just 
and progress is admittedly like the highest level in in England. I mean, you can make the you can make the argument for RevPro, you know, with their connection to New yes. Japan. Which also, by the way, let me get let, let me get this off the chest. If we're if we're gonna drag progress, why aren't you dragging Rev Pro? Rev Pro at least or Progress at least has champions that are in the scene. Half of Rev Pro's champions are New Japan talent. Yeah. They wrestle like two matches a year here, basically. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was yeah. you know, it's like when Kurt Angle was the New Japan champion. Like he'd go to the Tokyo Dome and that was it. So, yeah, I, who am I? Who am I, Tech? I'm just a a guy that sits in his, you know, wife's kids' playroom and yells about British wrestling into a microphone to a a friend six thousand miles away. So. He's hiding in a cellar so that you can't hear the band. As <laughs> <laughs> it works, the band, we've got a band on at the minute, and I'm, I'm the only place I could find in the whole building is like in this little cupboard at the back of the cellar. <laughs> so. That's the only place you can find where you can't hear the band in the background. That's awesome. Well, oh, we're coming up on our time. I know you need to get back to work and finish out your evening. I need to get out and actually get my dogs out on a walk. Uh, it's too nice yeah, of a I've day to keep them cooped three up. Hours of work to go. Yeah, so. I've got about three hours of work to go, then oh. about five hours of sleep, and then I'll be on the road tomorrow morning to Sheffield. Well, you have a wonderful, wonderful trip tomorrow in Sheffield. We'll, t- we'll break down both cards in depth next week. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, I know the, you know, our releases are kind of been erratic lately. Hang in there. Uh, December is just a really crazy time for both uh, Tack and myself. Um, but yeah. So, well, you got anything else? No, no, no. All good, man. I'm just uh, ready. I'm going to get back to work. And I'm looking forward to be able to get a proper show up again next week. Now we can get back into rhythm, hopefully. Oh, I think so. I think so. I think things are going to settle down a little bit uh, once we get past uh, the other side of Christmas. Yeah, so, Christmas chaos. Uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, real quick, though, I want to give a shout out to Justin, to our uh, our producer, Justin Good. Or, uh, I don't know if he wants me to lose the last name, so I'll just say Justin. Uh, hey man, we're thinking about you. Hang tough. Uh, love you, buddy. So, uh, with that said, check out SavageStash.com uh, and all the other podcasts we've plugged before. Uh, New Japan Radio, our Strong Style Radio, our good friends over there, and uh, uh, Two Black Marks. Uh, in the meantime, we will. Uh, Tack is going to go work and then get some sleep. I'm going to go walk my my puppies and then get on my steak and ale pie. And we will talk to you guys next week. Talk to you later, bud. Awesome, man. See you soon. All right. Sounds good.